Well, the virus has now killed more than 100 people in China, and new cases have been confirmed around the world. So you don't want to frighten the American public. France and South Korea have also got evacuation plans. But you need to prepare for and assume. Strongly warning Americans to avoid all non-essential travel to China. That this is going to be a real serious problem. France, Australia, Canada, the US, Singapore, Cambodia, Vietnam, the list goes on. Health officials are investigating more than 100 possible cases in the US. Germany, a man has uh, contracted the virus. The epidemic is a demon and we cannot let this demon hide. Japan, where a bus driver uh, contracted the virus. Coronavirus has killed more than 100 people there and infected more than 4,500. We have to prepare for the worst, always, because if you don't and the worst happens. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, it's Saturday. We're having one of our Saturday specials. This is on the new blockbuster book, The Great Reset and the War for the World. Uh, our uh, guest is the author. Alex Jones. We just talked to the filmmaker about Alex's war. Everyone should see that. Alex, here's a, you know, the Vox, uh, the Vox site yesterday had a, uh, had a piece that says, uh, on Friday said that, you know, uh, Trump is pushing America to the abyss, to the abyss. It's now question, uh, the deep underpinnings of the American state. I know you're a populist and a nationalist. What is the difference in your mind between the nation and you're a nationalist, the nation that is the United States in the apparatus called the state, sir. Well, you just cut to the chase right there. Trump has been empowering the spirit of America and all of our values and what makes us great and, and making us have respect on ourselves again and to realize we have a mission to work hard and be truthful and be strong and that we the people are America. But to say the state is being undermined, well, the state has become this, this multinational corporate uh, control board that international forces are coming in and, and manipulating, controlling our government against the people. So I'm not anti-government, but I'm anti-American occupied government. If I was a Frenchman in 1944 or 1943, I wouldn't be anti-French nation. I'd be anti-Vici French Nazi occupier collaborator. And so they're trying to confuse people between the globalist and the left and those that openly hate this country and think it shouldn't exist and those that have sold our jobs overseas and uh, destabilized us and, 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 and devalued our currency and shipped in fentanyl, we're going to act like allegiance to that is allegiance to America and our predecessors and American ideas when it's two different things. The person we should back, the people we should back are the ones that are empowering the people and the workers and uh, the parents of the nation. And that's obviously what Trump did the best job at as a cheerleader for getting Americans to believe in themselves again and be positive. And instead, now uh, we have Biden in there just absolutely doing his job to run America on the rocks because America can't be there under a corporate fascist world government, new world order. They need to have America crumble and, and be a social justice warrior welfare state if other nations are, are going to be enslaved as well. You can't have America with all these incredible freedoms and all this prosperity and then have the rest of the world enslaved to the new world order. You've got to bring America down so there's no shining city on the hill. And, and the new world order talks about that. The globalists talk about that. George Soros and Zbigniew Rzynski and all of them talk about that, that, that you can't have Americans with a swimming pool and three vacations a year and two cars and a four-bedroom house and you know, prosperity if other people aren't going to have it. And so the idea that if America's prosperous, the rest of the world can't be, that's a fraud as well. They're creating artificial scarcity. 
They're training us to eat bugs and drink sewage water and we can't have beef and all the rest of it so that they can control the resources and we can't. They're now rolling out at major restaurants in the U.S. and Europe uh, calorie scores for carbon taxes on the food. This is a neo-feudalistic system of total control to bankrupt us and bring us to our knees so these special interests can dictate the terms of our surrender. And if we're simply there exposing what this is, and that they're not the saviors, but they're the authors uh, of our problems, then people will turn against them. And that's why they want us off the air. You know, talking about Alex Moyer's great film, talk about the book. These, th- This book and film aren't important because Alex Jones is involved in it or wrote it. It's important because the great research shows the enemy's ideas for us and in their own words, what they're going to do to us, and then how I believe we can counter them and the choice we have of liberty or tyranny, of the Renaissance or the Great Reset, of the Great Awakening or or the Great Enslavement and and the Build Back Better system they're bringing in on our ashes. The same thing with Alex's war. Watching it, I got a little sick of myself. It's two hours, 11 minutes long. only problem with Alex's war is there's too much Alex Jones in it. What I want to see Alex Moyer do is more films about populist movements and what real America is and how beautiful and diverse it is. That's why her film gets an A+. She gets about a 95 because there's too much Alex Jones. But, oh, because it's true. I mean, I come off. Here's the thing. I do too much. If if I focused and crafted what I said and really took my time, I'd put out a bunch of jewels that would would all be really good. But the thing is, I'm on air so much. I work so hard. Sometimes I see myself and I'm like, you know, man, you really screwed the pooch there. But I, I think viewers and listeners get that I am a populist and that it's not calculated and I'm not trying to deceive. And that's why they're so hungry for it, despite my warts and all. As, as you know, uh, some people have said in the past, I, I, I'm not trying to get things wrong. People see that authenticity, and that's why folks have to rally behind populist leaders. And it's not about tooting our horn. It makes us major targets. In fact, I would imagine, Steve, you'd want to see a bunch of new leaders come forward. You've been calling for it, so you're not exhausting yourself. I don't know how hard you work, but it's a responsibility, a destiny. You're following it. I'm in the same position. I'm like the old quarterback been playing 20 seasons. I'm ready to see the new badass quarterback come on and lead our team to victory. And I could just cheer for him from the stands. But And it's starting to happen. But I just want to say, Steve Bannon, Alex Jones, Donald Trump are, are, are out front right now. But, but we're here trying to ignite more young people and others and people that yes. are older as well to realize their destiny and join us in this fight. Because our fight is their fight. They can pretend that they can go along with the globalists like Mitch McConnell does. They can pretend that they can manage this. You can't. This is pure evil taking over, and people have to choose a side. Don't be lukewarm. No, that's where they're trying to take out Trump. That's where they're trying to take out you, Tucker, myself, others, because they realize it's not that we're special. Is that we give a voice to populism, which is the people, and they hate that. You know, I keep saying about Trump, not in the in, in American government and in the, in, the, in the power structure of the world exists today. Not in the room. Not in the deal. And Trump put the deplorables in the room at the head of the table. And that's why they hate him. Because remember, he came, he came from the, you know, he went from Queens to Manhattan and was a multi-billionaire, a major media star. I mean, he was part of the system, part of at the beating heart of the system in New York City and Manhattan, media capital, financial capital, uh, multinational corporate capital. And that's why they hate him. He's an apostate. They hate him so much. You're not an apostate. That's right. I want to, I want to get, I want to get back to you. The, the your, your, she said the redemption arc, but your arc, what I find most fascinating, you know, you're not Ivy League credentialed. Uh, you didn't go to uh, University of Chicago. You're not a Rhodes Scholar. 
but you're clearly one of the most well-read and not just well-read to be able to 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 do the synthesis of all that reading talk us about how a kid of relatively modest means from texas a texan how how did this all happen what what was the really the the beginning years and and what did you read how did you come about this how did you get that framework that throughout the rest of your life you could use to kind of become an intellectual leader of the populist nationalist movement on a global basis well, I didn't have any secret CIA backing. I didn't have any secret foundations behind me. But uh, my dad was, you know, UT Plan Two when he was like fourteen. He thought he was volunteering for NASA because you know he had college scores. He was fourteen, and he really wasn't volunteering for NASA. He was volunteering for this scientific cult cabal. And when I was a little kid, he decided to basically get out of it um, and. He didn't tell me any of the stuff that was involved or that was secret. He just explained to me the, the way the world really worked. And the house was full of Zbigniew Brzezinski books and Carol Quigley books. And then I learned, oh, that my mom's brother was in Iran-Contra and was Army Special Operations and a big, you know, uh, you know, a hero in Vietnam, which they kept all secret. I, I, I mean, I didn't know that, you know, up until, you know, that he was in the Army. He was one of those guys in the Army. I didn't know they are in the Army. But, but you know, I, I heard them talking to something when I was a kid. And we had family reunions. These are Texans. These are patriots. And so you go to a family reunion, uh, you know, it'd be like the Soldier of Fortune reunion. And, and, and so I just grew up around all these badass Texans that, you know, did all sorts of clandestine stuff. And so I was growing up around these people having and, and really saying, oh, that's just my family. That's just them. Uh, yeah, that stuff goes on. And then as, as then I started trying to go to local college and it was all anti-American, I was like, wait a minute, this is everything they were talking about. And so I said, I've got to fight this. And so I kind of already had an education and all that because I grew up around it. I, I want to you're, I think, one of the few guys that, that talks about Dr. Brzezinski because he's kind of lost in time. Mika's father. You know, a lot of people say Henry Kissinger and all the books he wrote, but really <clears throat> one of the deepest and, 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 and most important thinkers in the globalist movement was Dr. Brzezinski. Why do you go back and refer to him? The story, in fact, you took us of the eugenics and all the Germans, took us to probably the 60s or 70s. Talk to us about the Club of Rome and all these groups that came up, but particularly the seminal work of, Do of Mika Brzezinski's dad, Dr. Brzezinski, and how important that has been in really the creation of globalization, the World Economic Forum, and the Great Reset. I remember being about six years old in Dallas, and my dad, when he would get home at night, he, he, because he was, a, he was a medical professor by then, he would have stacks of books around him, even at the dinner table. And I remember him slamming down, I think the book was The Technotronic Era by Bazinga yep. Brzezinski. So I remember seeing that book and he slammed it down and he went, when you get big enough, you need to read this. This is how it all works. This is how it all runs. The general public doesn't know. You need to know this. Zabrinsky is charting the future. And you need to understand who these people are so that you can oppose them. And it was never like they were constantly telling me this or constantly saying, this will be your job. You're going to do this. But I remember being a little kid. And then as I got older, that book was on the bookshelf. So when I was about 10, I, I tried to read it and didn't understand it. When I was 14, I read it again. When I was 16, I read it again and began to understand it. And so I read in between being a jock, in between having jobs and girlfriends, I would stay up till two, three in the morning sometimes reading uh, Rise and Fall of Third Reich, Heinz Hobel's Order of the Death Said, uh, you know, Julius Caesar's uh, Letters Back to Rome that had been put in a book called The Battle for, Ga for Gaul. And so I set aside the comic book, and my buddies would, you know, want to go to the movies 
I said, well, we got some girls, I'll go, but I'm not going to go watch movies. I'm going to stay home and read this. So I just really got obsessed with real history and reading what the actual controller said. And if you read it, as you pointed out, uh, Steve, if you read what Zabrinsky wrote in the 70s, and you go back and you read, I think he wrote four books in the 70s, I've read them all, and you read it, you're like, oh my God, he didn't predict the future. They charted the future. And I think you're right when you said, because I was mentioning Kissinger, he was one of his protégés, just Klaus Schwab, but you're right, Kissinger is a lightweight. Brzezinski is the most important figure for the New World Order, dark, dark forces, you know, basically arming, creating radical new Islam, winding them up. I mean, if, if you want to know who the Darth Vader of the New World Order is, it's Benjamin Brzezinski. He, 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 he was the big brains. Absolutely. Real quick before we go to break, got a couple of minutes. You said something about people being on their screens, and obviously you're, you're dead, you might, we're voracious readers and pass that on to yourself. Do you see, is it tough today, particularly for this younger generation coming up, when they're so distracted in these little hits, versus how you actually trained and formed your brain by taking on, you know, Rise and Fall of the Third Reichs, Dr. Brzezinski's books, taking on these books that you have to go in and struggle with? You know, I didn't realize it was happening to me because I was never a big TV guy. And I just read so much actual history at PhD level books that I was reading that once you had the real map of the world, because they're the real elite, they're, they're creating the future. They're actually, back then they weren't in full control. They're not full control yet, but they're starting to get there. And so I was just blessed to actually get obsessed with reading how the world really worked and wanting to know. What did Aristotle say? What did Plato say? What did Brzezinski say? I didn't agree with Hitler. And I thought Mein Kampf was kind of crazily written, a badly written book, but I read Mein Kampf. And, and I just, it was like, I want to read what Hitler said. I want to read, uh, you know, what bad guys said. I want to read what good guys said. And so basically, if people got a classical education in real geopolitical systems, it's incredibly interesting and it's incredibly informative. And then you don't just have one layer of understanding whether you sell insurance, whether you're a doctor, or whether you're a police officer, or whether you're a, a salesman, or whether you're a school teacher, it gives you connections to how everything else works from the perspective of the people that are actually controlling civilization to a great extent. And so once you're studying this, and that's what you do on your show, you're like a globalist now, you're in the room with them, because they think we're so stupid, they write all these books and brag about what they're doing like we don't exist, but we can actually go read their blueprints and actually know what they know and then use that against them. It's the genius of your book. We're going to talk about that next. We're going to bring in Tony Lyons. We're going to talk about how actually Great Reset is structured in the world for the world. Next. War Room. Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room. Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. MyPillow.com. Promo code War Room. Go there today. Mike Lindell. Of course, next week we've got the Great Summit in, uh, in Missouri. Two days. We're going to be broadcasting live there, I think, for three days. We're going to walk through. He's going to go through all 50 states where the voter fraud is and how you're going to get how we're going to get on top of this. So the thing's not stolen in uh, the it's not stolen in November. MyPillow.com promo code where we got all the sales, particularly what Walmart kicked out. Remember, it's, we, we don't believe in conspiracies, but they're no coincidence. Walmart kicked them out. Then they announced terrible earnings stock tanked. Then they announced hundreds of executives laid off in Bentonville. I'm not saying it's karma, but go to. 
MyPillow.com promo code Wormy get everything that used to be sold at Walmart, particularly the, the classic pillow, nineteen dollars and eighty eight cents. I, I want to go back to the book, The Great Reset, and the, and the World for the War for the World, Alex. Particularly, you talk about they're in your grill about what they write because they think we're all morons. They think particularly the deplorables breathe through their mouths. But before I go there, I just want to go back to something we talked about in the first hour to make sure everybody understands this. And I, I just don't feel this happened randomly, but you're going to tell me. We're in the run-up to the most important midterm election since 1862 in the early years of the Civil War. We are, um, you know, th this is everybody's focus. You're one of the driving leaders of the populist nationalist movement, driving to this historic victory. And it turns out that not only do you have a trial that attracts global attention in Texas in uh, what in, in late July, early August. But now you're telling me you have another trial coming up in a couple of weeks in September. There'll be at least a few weeks. And you just told us, informed us, which I don't think anybody really realized you have an eight-week trial. The, the Connecticut trial is going to start about that time, and it's eight weeks. That would essentially take Alex Jones off of the battlefield for September and October, the better part of October in the run-up. Am I hearing that correctly? Yes, Steve. They have total coordination between this judge in Connecticut and this judge in Texas, both Soros judges on record. And they are they coordinated everything towards this point, and they, and they held me up in trial I mean, before trial, they held me up in depositions. And then COVID lockdown happened for a year plus. So then they claimed I didn't give them any discovery, but they've been holding it up all this time until the midterms came so they could do this. They are definitely timing it to demonize the populist movement and to demonize one of Trump's biggest supporters. And they believe distract me from, from mobilizing voters and activists right now. So, so you nailed it. Well, the two new trials, let's lay that out. The, the the new trial in Texas starts roughly when in September, and the one in Connecticut, I don't think, and I didn't realize that the one in Connecticut is going to be eight weeks. And my question is, why is that going to be eight weeks? The one that was two weeks seemed to be pretty thorough in going through everything. Why would they need eight weeks in the run-up to the midterm elections to, 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 to do this trial in Connecticut? Is something we don't understand about it? It was supposed to start. A week ago, when the last show trial ended, but I filed for bankruptcy, so that has held it up some. But I didn't do that just to you know hold that up. I did that to, to show them lying on the stand that I have hundreds of millions of dollars, so the jury comes back with verdicts, uh, you know, for tens of millions that, that that's a fraud. So it would already be starting now and basically running perfectly up to the election. But instead, now uh, they were going to have me in court for four weeks in this in the Connecticut trial, and then another one starts in Texas. The judges refused to move their dates which is unprecedented. So yes, I will be in two trials in the next uh, few weeks right through the election. And the whole thing is coordinated with dozens of TV cameras. They're allowing the HBO film cameras and others to film the jury. Never saw that before. They, the judge is mic'd up and putting makeup on. I mean, this is a disgusting, hold, hold on, hold disgusting hold on. level. For, uh, for, for the war room posse, i got to understand this. Basically, after Labor Day, you're going to be in it, it can't be dual trials. You can't be two places at one time. Is the Texas trial the next Texas trial with this judge going to take place right after Labor Day or right in early September? Yes, yes, yes. They say they don't care. So currently I was supposed to start. 
Um, Hold on, don't care. I mean, they don't care that you're that you that you. How can you be on trial when you can't? You can't even Alex Jones can't be two places at one time. How they yeah, tend to yeah. do that? That's the whole point. Is that they want a? It was supposed to start. The last trial ended about a week ago. It was supposed to start the next Monday, and then it runs for eight weeks, and and then and then Judge um, Guerra Gamble in Austin, Texas had the next one starting um, early next month. So, yes, two trials simultaneously, and both judges said, we don't care, you figure it out, and you're ordered to be here. Is this going to take you off the battlefield? I mean, you still went back and did your show. For, so for our audience and your audience, you're, you still, and I understand it's a Herculean task given the intensity uh, and the pretty intense of, of this trial. Are you still going to be able to broadcast at least some? And because look, you're one of the driving forces, and everything's on the table. We've got what 88 days to go, 87 days to go. You'll be in the, the, well, that's the something remember, they do. That's voting they voting do. 60. So are, are you are you going to be able to broadcast? Are you going to be able to drive this narrative through election day? Well, that's another great point you make about how they're trying to get me off the air for this, and, and I made it very clear both the judge and the uh, ambulance chasing Democrat lawyers. I would go in at like seven in the morning and tape at least two hours on my show. And then I'd be at court and they're like, your honor, he's on air right now talking about this case. And they would play clips. And most of the time I would tape. So they couldn't even figure out like, how is he here? But then he's on air there. It was totally insane. And, and, and then they made a big deal. Of the jury, ladies and gentlemen, of the jury, he doesn't care about this. That's why he's not here. And one time I'm sitting there and I'm sitting there while they're saying I'm not there. It's bizarre. Uh, I want to go back. I want to go to the book, The Great Reset. Next segment, we're going to have Tony Lyons, the publisher, join us. I want to go back to The Great Reset in the world, in the war for the world. And we recommend everybody pre-order this book now. You're going to want to get it. I also tell people this is not a beach read. You're going to have to engage. This is a tough book. Uh, but it's like Bobby Kennedy's book. It's 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 this is why these books are so important. It's like the Lords of Easy Money. These are not beach reads. In fact, you're going to have a pen out underlying and making notes to yourself. You should have some index cards to make notes to yourself. You're going to go want to go back and check things and you're going to ask be asking a lot of questions yourself. One of the structure, one of the reasons I like the book so much is that you actually take what they've written themselves and you actually deconstruct it and reconstruct it back into a narrative. You take particularly Klaus Schwab's, his writings, uh, The Fourth Industrial Revolution, his book on the Great Reset. You take the CEO of uh, Microsoft, and then you take Yuval's book um, about Homo Deus, which is one of my favorites because it gives a, the most brutal roadmap for transhumanism. H how did you get that concept? And tell us why were those why are those books important for people to understand and how you kind of merge them together into one narrative of how the globalists and transhumanists think? Well, it was Elon Musk a few years ago that said, beware billionaires that worship AI God. And as you know, Harari's written a bunch of books, given speeches, and, and he's the darling of Davos Group saying, we don't even need humans anymore. Humans are obsolete. The future's not human. These are all quotes. I mean, that's like Hitler saying the future's not this, 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 and that group. It's Aryan. Well, that's bad. Well, he's, this is beyond Hitler. They're saying the future is not humans, period. And then he gets standing ovation. So these people have made themselves self-anointed rulers of the future. And by reading the quotes of the Microsoft executives and of Bill Gates and of Paul Schwab and of all these people, 
we then show how you then see what they're pushing in the general culture being rolled out. So they really are in prime control of the plan. If they're not in full control, but if they get their social credit score, if they get their carbon tax, if they get their universal basic income, if they get their world vaccine ID in, which is rolling out in many countries like Italy and Sri Lanka, if they get that, it's game over. And so humanity needs to know we are right on the cusp of this total complete takeover. And that's why I call the Great Reset and the War for the World the blueprints to the Death Star. Okay. And, and people need to read this declaration of war against you and your future where you're being told you're obsolete. You're being told you're not essential. You're being told you can't have a car or air conditioning or children by people that have a carbon footprint 500 times bigger than yours, as if carbon's bad. Carbon, we know, is great for the atmosphere, great for plants, great for humans. But it, it's just it's just outrageous that they're going the opposite direction of previous authoritarians promising a chicken in every pot and the socialists saying everything will be wonderful. They're saying, you're bad, you're ugly, we're going to get rid of you, and you're going to love it in the process. So it really is a declaration of war against humanity that has not just been declared by some cult off the middle of nowhere. Who cares? This is a powerful power cult that makes the, the Nazis blush, if they can see it, that's actually got the power and unlimited finance rolling out against us. But if we simply wake up, wake up out of the trance, realize what they're doing, and realize things only get worse by submitting to them, they only get better by resisting, then I believe in humanity. I bet on humanity. I believe humanity is in the room, just like Trump brings everybody to the table, because Trump knew he couldn't get a building built if he didn't have the actual workers happy. He 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 you know he knew the average worker was a lot cooler than these uh, you know inbred uh, rich people, and so you have to love humanity. You have to believe in humanity. You have to know it's your job if you're an alpha male to lift people up, and that's the real reward. Not wall them off as a bunch of scum and try to kill them. Because when you actually turn around and you look at these so-called elites, they are a bunch of mental patients who don't even know how to gas their car up or or find their butt with both hands. And so they're not the elite. People like Klaus Schwab and Bill Gates and Adolf Hitler will be defeated. They think their new plan is something new because it's got some fancy technology. It's the same plan that authoritarians have tried, going back to Ramses the first, ordering all the firstborn. Uh, you know, Jewish boys killed. Well, we saw how that ended. That's a real historic. People thought that was made up the Bible uh, until they decoded all the Egyptian hieroglyphs and it said Ramses, you know, uh, you know, killed all the firstborn Jews. This stuff has happened before and, and we're going to win. We're going to resist it. Hang on one second. We're going to take a short commercial break. We're going to return with the publisher of The Great Reset and the War for the World with Alex Jones, the author, next in the war room. with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room. Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. By the way, Alex Jones just gave a call to arms to everyone in this audience, and everybody will see, the, uh, see it on our podcast later and throughout the weekend as we push it out. Uh, but I want to make sure everybody knows, we, there's a way, precinctstrategy.com doesn't cost you any money. This is a way that you can actually get in and become an owner of the Republican Party. There's so many ways to participate. Otherwise, you can become, you know, go to the Moms for Liberty or Moms for America to either, you know, start taking over the school boards with parental rights. You can become poll workers. 
election judges, canvassing boards, what we need. The Army of the Awakened needs to take action, action, action. You need to use your agency. One of the easiest ways is precinctstrategy.com. Just go there today. Use your agency. All of these are free. Everything we put up on the site, where you go, you don't have to write a check. You don't have to be a donor. All you have to do is commit. Use your spirit in your being, right? That's what it's going to take uh, to win this. And Alex Jones has gave a great call to arms. Alex, I got, I got to ask you this because the film shows this, and then Alex Moyer said it as a filmmaker, spent so much time with you, and I've heard this from the Amanda Millius of the world and everybody that knows you and knows about your work. Everybody tells me, he says, look, on the stage, you know, he, on the show, he's yelling and screaming. And, you know, he's been portrayed as this as the worst human in the world. And that's why the global media shows the small Texas court because he's such an evil person. But he's actually big of spirit, but he's got a big heart. He's always out there helping people. He's just a big heart. And when you meet this guy, he's a very nice and actually kind man. H- how is it then? How is it that we have this Connecticut situation? And I mean, it was kind of heart rendering hearing the parents and you were there and, you know, you had apologized and said, you know, it was wrong. But how does a guy that has a big spirit and a big heart get into a situation like this Connecticut situation, given all the other good you've done in like the Great Reset and talk about the, the world order and having the knowledge you have and the depth of experience you have to connect all these dots? Tell me how someone with a big spirit and a big heart get, gets caught up in this. Well, the way it happened is uh, you see so much stuff being staged. You see so many lies. But when you're doing a radio call-in show, which is a big part of my broadcast, you do, you play devil's advocate. You say, well, I can see this. I can see that. And it, I never really got any attention for covering Sandy Hook. It was a very small part, less than one-tenth of one percent of what we covered. But I, have, but I have made mistakes, and I can see how some of the things I said was hateful. But I wasn't the person that created or progenerated that. I didn't send people to their houses. For the first two years, I thought it happened. Then a bunch of people questioned, and I thought, well, it could be staged. You know, Operation Northwoods and stuff talks about crisis actors. Just the CIA back in February was saying the Russians were about to invade and stage false flags uh, to go into uh, Ukraine. And uh, the Reuters reporters said, that's Alex Jones territory. Well, well, the truth is, things have been staged in history, so it's okay to ask those questions. But going back about six years ago, I said, look, I think it happened. Leave me alone. Hillary Clinton was using it as a campaign issue, saying I was a Sandy Hook guy. And and then they sued me for what one of my reporters said, just questioning something that was said on Megyn Kelly's show. And so they make it look like, well, Sandy Hook's everywhere for years. Well, Alex Jones, it must be what he does. No, they looked at my timeline, zoomed in on this tiny part of my life, claimed I was hurting parents, claimed I was after him, but really... That was the media hyping it up themselves, coming to the parents. And, and there was a great illustration of this when Scarlett Lewis got to testify. And she kept asking me for like 30 minutes, talk to me. Say, do you believe my child died? We're not allowed to talk. Finally, I said, yes, I believe it. The judge goes, no. And she goes, well, on your show today, you said that my son didn't die. And, you know, you, know, you said you're still doing it. You're, you're saying I'm, a, I, I'm a, an actress. And. We went to break. They came back and played a clip, edited, where I said, I think she's real. And I think her son died. And I'm very, very sorry. But I think they're being manipulated. I think they're being controlled. Well, later I talked to her. I'm like, how did you think that clip, when I said up front, I think you're real. I think your son died. I'm sorry. How, how is it? Well, she goes, well, they just came and told me that. So it was a perfect example of how I'm sitting there with her falsely saying, 
you said today I'm fake and this isn't real. And I'm like, where did I say that? Shut up, Judge says. Well, I have to sit there while more of this is said, but that's how they do it. That's how they – look, I, I liken it to Trump. Trump said there's a lot of really good people coming across the southern border. There's also a lot of really bad people. Well, they never played the clip or quoted him. They just said Trump says all Hispanics are horrible people and criminals. And they still say that. Now, with, with Trump, he did nothing wrong. They just lied about what he said. With me, I barely covered something. Years later, they're doing opposition research on Trump. They go, well, we'll just say this guy's Trump's brain, and we'll attack him as affiliation with Alex Jones, and, and let's put out an edited clip on a Hillary Clinton ad, 32nd on national TV. And so they typecast me in their worldview as this person. And then this, the Associated Press and others ran the headline. When I finally got on stand that day, I looked at Scarlett Lewis, and I said, I want you to go to the fourth segment of my show today, that I taped before I came down here. And I want you to see that I said I'm sorry and that you're real and that I apologize to you because that got edited and cut out. Plus, on the tape, I didn't say what you said. I said, who told you that? Who's manipulating you? And she was like, uh, uh, uh. I was like, yeah, you're real, but you're being manipulated by bad people. That's what I said. And I said, let me get it straight here. I've been saying for six years I believe this happened, and I'm sick of the corporate media claiming that. Headline, Jones finally admits Sandy Hook happened. I predict in the next two trials, when I say on the stand it happened again, they will say again for the first time I did it because they think we don't have memories. They lie on purpose, not Scarlett Lewis. Because the most represent Jones says Scarlett Lewis is lying. No, she's being manipulated. She's being used. She was on CNN a few days ago and said, Alex Jones gave me a card, said he'd like to have my foundation on us, not a gun control foundation, about teaching children love and not being violent, you know, stopping bullying. And I said, gave her a card. I said, I'd like you to come on my show, regardless of this verdict. And I, because I, I, I want them to stop driving the wedge. And she went on CNN and said, I, I hope he's real. I, I, I hope he'll stop. But you know, they're going to bring her more edited tapes or lie to her. So they're using these parents, the, the Democratic that's Party. What, that's, that's what I want to ask you. They keep asking, uh, saying, will you stop? It seems to me that you this stopped years ago. Are you going to try anything in the next Texas case or the uh, Connecticut case of outreach to the parents themselves and, and, and try to cut through uh, the what you perceive as to be the manipulation? Absolutely. I mean, the judge put out a motions in limine saying you cannot say you're innocent. You cannot say you, you comply with discovery. You cannot show your financial numbers. Well, I mean, we're in bankruptcy court. Those are certified in a federal court. That's why they're so pissed that I don't have $5 million versus 260. But they they need to, and it's not, it wouldn't be bad if I had that. I wish I did. But they're selling this idea fraudulently. And the judge is not, not let, and in Connecticut, they're saying too, we will not be allowed to show financials. Not certified federal court, penalty of perjury. They're going to have instead quack economist stuff who will just probably say I have $50 billion. And, and, and again, this is the weaponization of courts. People say, well, you feel sorry for yourself. No, I know I'm just the test case. And that's why I'm so thankful to you, Steve, and your amazing family of viewers and listeners to realize uh, that backing up InfoWars today, being part of the film, Alex's War, being part of this new Great Reset book that will really give you the blueprints of Globalist plan is how we're going to turn this around. Let me ask you, I'm going to bring in Tony Lyons. Like the book is Great Reset and the war, war for the World, and you see what the stakes are. 
when you see, you know, mainstream media, whether it's John Oliver or legacy media, John Oliver or the Chris Hayes or people on CNN and MSNBC, one of the things they hit, they take a rant of yours, particularly about the new world order and things are going on. And you're out there doing this classic rants. And then they'll say, this is all performative. That Alex Jones doesn't believe any of this. He's actually a smart guy. He knows what's going on in the world. He knows the structure and dynamics, the statics and dynamics of world process. He doesn't believe any of this, but he's got a bunch of rubes that he's convinced. And this is all he's like a he's like a great vaudeville performer. What would you say to those folks? Well, that all stems from a custody battle five and a half years ago with my ex-wife because I had custody of my children. The judge had given me custody of all three with that wife. No one going to why, but I had custody, full custody. Uh, she had supervised visits. And she went and got a jury trial in Austin, Texas. And during that, they wanted to put on evidence of me when I did a Joker piece as the Joker. Take kids, take drugs, don't listen to your parents, you'll die, it'll be great. It was reverse psychology satire. And my lawyer gets up and says, when Jack Nicholson plays the Joker, he's not really Jack Nicholson. I mean, he's not really the Joker. He's he's, he's just playing the Joker. Well, it, they wanted to enter that piece of tape for the jury. And my lawyer got up and said, obviously, he's being an actor there. That doesn't mean 99% of the time when I'm not doing a skit or a joke piece. I used to be more like Steven Crowder. I used to do probably 10% of the time I, I did jokes that fun. We don't even do that anymore because it, it just gets taken out of context. What we cover is too serious. It's one of my funnest things I do. I just don't do it anymore. Uh, but unless I'm on Steven Crowder's show, I've done a few times there, but in, in, in the last few years. So they misrepresented that. I'm 100% real. I want to tell the truth. I make mistakes. Sometimes I get pissed. I get exhausted. Uh, and, and I haven't lied about it. I'm not doing too bad right now, but there's been times in my life where I've been drinking too much. Not a good idea to be drinking on air, especially doing the late night shows or whatever. And, you know, with Sandy Hook, they were blaming all gun owners for what that psych- psycho did. Adam Lanza, who got a gun illegally from his mother after he killed her. And, and subconsciously, we get pissed and are tired of being blamed for what criminals do. And, and so I really said in a deposition, it wasn't an insanity defense. Don't have that in civil trials. I was honest with him. I said, I've seen so many lies. I've been through so much. I see gallers being blamed for things they didn't do. And I think it was kind of a form of almost psychosis. And, and that there was mass psychosis formation where American gun owners are tired of being blamed for stuff. So if you're going to blame me for Adam Lanza, you know what? It didn't happen. So see, what's worse, to tell people kids didn't die because at a subconscious level you're tired of being blamed or to blame all gun owners? And, and so I really psychoanalyzed myself and thought about what I was going through at that time because I didn't say Sandy Hook didn't happen until about two, three years in. It was only for about a year I said, okay, probably didn't happen. Screw them. I was in a divorce, and it, it was really bad, and I was working um, – 15 hours a day, and I was drinking too much, you know, pretty much on air. I don't like to drink private. On air, I like to drink. But, but the point is, is that I'm just being honest, Steve. That's what happened, and, and that's what came out of that. That was 100% real when I thought Sandy Hook didn't happen. I really believe that. Hell, it hurt us with the radio affiliates. I had employees, like, you know, threatened to quit over it. Uh, it, it, it was not like some back room. Hey, let's say it didn't happen. We'll make a bunch of money like they claim. It was detrimental for, for, quote, my career to come out and even say that some. And, 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 and again, I barely even said it. So that's the full fraud of what this whole thing is. Okay. Uh, i tell you what, we're going to take a, a commercial break. We're going to get uh, Tony Lyons in here, the, the publisher of this. The book is called The Great Reset and the uh, War, War for the World. 
if you particularly if you love history and you think about World War One and World War Two and then the war against uh, the Soviets, the Cold War. If you take 1914 to 1989 and you see the uh, you see the the Great War that killed what 200 million people uh, and really defined the 20th century as the uh, as the new dark age and what we say all the time, hundreds of years from now we'll see that. This book puts in perspective how that was a predicate to really this third world war, which is, you know, as Alex Jones says on Infowar, it's a war for your mind where that's where it starts, but it ends, you know, much differently. The book is the great reset, the war and the war for the world. You can get it now. You can order it. We're going to get Tony Lyons in here in a second. And we're going to talk about why it is important right now to make sure that this book is categorically number one in the New York times bestseller list. And why everybody has to put their shoulder to the wheel. As I've said, in a year of great books like Peter Navarro's Trump Time, Robert F. Kennedy's uh, The Real Tony Fauci, uh, Naomi Wolf's uh, you know, Our Bodies, uh, and also uh, brother Christopher Leonard's The Lords of Easy Money. This is the book of the year. The author is Alex Jones. The publisher is Tony Lyons. We're going to return in a second with both of them in the war room. And you are over. Cause we're taking down the CCP. Spread the word all through Hong Kong. We will fight till they're all gone. We rejoice when there's no more. Let's take down the CCP. Getter has arrived. The new social media taking on big tech. Protecting free speech. And canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. Okay, welcome back. By the way, InfoWars is up on Getter. So you can go there at Getter and get all the InfoWars and Alex Jones material and information and programming. And, of course, all of the contributors in our production team, all of us are up on uh, on Getter. I'm up there 24 hours a day putting analysis, news, and observations up there. So make sure you go to Getter today. Also, MyPillow.com, promo code WARROOM. Make sure you go today. Check it out. we got the huge summit next week in Missouri. We're going to be broadcasting there three straight days. More information is going to be coming on Monday as we lead up to this. Also, go to precinctstrategy.com. Totally free. We need you engaged. We need you to use your agency. Go check it out and do it today. Okay. I want to go to Tony Lyons. Uh, Tony, you're the publisher. You've already had a couple of blockbusters this year, including the Robert F. Kennedy book. This may be your biggest at all. Tell people why it's so important. We put our shoulder to the wheel. We have to show the legacy and regime, regime media how this book, and we can't allow what happened to, to Robert F. Kennedy because that should have been number one for 20 weeks in a row. What do people need to do in ordering this book to make sure that we can become, this book launches as number one in the New York Times bestseller list? Yeah, so, you know, I just want to say that I'm so proud to be publishing Alex Jones's book, The Great Reset. And I think it's so important because it's clear to me that Alex Jones is a freedom fighter fighting against, you know, this incredible cabal of globalism, of fascism, of censorship, of cancel culture. And what's going to happen to this book is similar to what's happened to so many other books that I've been involved in, that there's going to be a total media blackout, that people are going to write negative articles about Alex but they're not going to address the claims in the book. And, you know, this is a book 
that shows you, that shows in all kinds of ways that the U.S. government is working for global elites, for big corporations at the expense of the American people. And if people disagree with the things that are described in this book, they should make better arguments. We need more speech in this country, not less. So people should go on to Amazon. They should go anywhere they can find this book. They should buy it. They should make a political statement by making it the number one best-selling book in the country, even if they disagree with it. I mean, people ought to read books that they disagree with. They ought to read books that they learn something from that you know really convince them to make an argument, make a better argument, not just read things that they agree with and, and not just be part of this system of stifling any kind of dissent and any debate in this country, which is so incredibly un-American. And it's so important for people to fight that and make this book and books like it a number one bestseller. Is this, uh, I want to make sure everyone can go to the site right now, to Amazon, to pre-order the book. When is the book technically going to be out? When they can actually get their physical copy of it? So they will get physical copies at the end of this month. The pub date is uh, August 30th, and it will ship right on time. We're working around the clock to get it ready. Uh, this book will ship. It'll be available. And it's so important that people buy it and that they make this political statement. One of the reasons I think people need to buy this book, I would love to see this at number one to force debate. Alex, I'm going to ask you right now here on the show, would you take on if, you know, the Anderson Coopers, Chris Cuomo's, Rachel Maddow, name any thinker on the left, would you take on anybody if they challenged you for a debate and said this book is is just more Alex Jones wingnut conspiracy theory and they can take it apart brick by brick. Would you accept that challenge to take on anybody to go through this book and actually debate them on the evidence and data that you've put forward? Anytime, any place, anywhere, I would absolutely love to debate them because it's all the enemy's own words. It's all their own admissions. That's why they never do that. They either want it to be a taped interview so they can edit it. Uh, they never want to have a live interview. They never want to have it be in a third party neutral place. Uh, they want to just say I'm the Sandy Hook guy and distract off in some, you know, basically half made up, you know, story about what I've done instead of actually debate this because this is a total indictment of everything they've done, everything that they've established, and where they want to take us. And so that's why this book is so important. Is it's one of the best breakdowns, if not the most up to date, on what the globalists are actually up to, what Klaus Schwab and Bill Gates want to do to us. So absolutely, that's why I'm so honored to be here. I'm so honored. I want to thank you, Steve, and. You know, you know, telling everybody for being real thought leaders uh, who really are continuing on the greatest tradition of America. Well, this is the battle plan. Tony, real quickly, we've got about a minute for you. Just, is there anything after 30 August? Are, are there going to be book signings? I realize Alex is now going to be wrapped up in these trials, but are there going to be Zoom presentations? Can you give anybody a heads up on any type of book tour that Alex may be doing or what you're trying to plan? Yeah, we're going to do everything we can possibly do. We're going to do, you know, online signings for the book. We are going to try in every way possible to counteract this sort of uh, corporate media lockdown. So like you were saying, they're afraid to debate Alex Jones. They just want to say these things about him and not read the book, not address the issues in the book and come after him in every way, but not allow him to debate. And that's what this country needs now. We need the corporate media 
to debate Alex Jones, to bring people on. If they disagree with them, make a better argument. Don't just shut it down. It's un-American and it has to stop. Tony, how do they get the book right now? Where should the audience go to get The Great Reset and The War for the World? Amazon.com is the best place right now. BarnesandNoble.com has it and is taking orders as well. Uh, Alex, we've got about 30 seconds. Really, thank you uh, for being on here. Any final thoughts or words about the book, The Great Reset? It's just a book that everybody needs to read. It's the elite's plan for you and your family's future, and I think you should be involved in that decision and not let them run your life. So if you don't research this information, you don't get this book, uh, then you're basically advocating your responsibility, letting them run your life. We cover it, obviously, weekdays on my own show at Infowars.com forward slash show and band out video. Steve, it was great having you on this week. I want to thank you and Tony for all the work you're doing and your amazing crew. God bless you. Yeah, no, you're you're fantastic. I Commander Alex Jones, one of the tip of the spear, what I call marauders, uh, the Merrill's marauders as he cuts through all the nonsense to lead us forward. Alex, thank you very much for being here to our special Alex Jones, The Great Reset. Be back here. We'll be up on Getter all weekend. See you back here live 10 o'clock Monday morning, Eastern Daylight Time in the War Room. It's all started, everything's begun, and you are over, cause we're taking down the CCP. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger, better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. WARROOMHEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today. Check it out. 
They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us.